0: it is good to be here this morning good to be with you so many faces that we love we spent 14 years here can you believe that 14 years it doesn't seem like it and we've been gone four and a half years that doesn't seem like it either but samuel our son he started high school he finished high school and in three weeks he starts university of south carolina down in columbia Y'all are glad to see him go there? All right. Now we're going to need some help. We're in shock. One because he's leaving, and two because of how much it's going to cost for him to leave. Now, that's just not how it's supposed to work. Anna, she turned 16. She's driving. She's wanting a car. And she'll be a junior next year. I just I don't even know how to get my mind around that. But life is short. It really is, and uh, the Lord keeps reminding us of that all the time. But it's been it's been four and a half good years. You know, it's a, it's always a delight, it's a pleasure, it's a joy to be where the Lord wants you to be. And so that's where we've been for four and a half years. We didn't leave because we wanted to. We'd have been happy to stay here, but the Lord had something for us to do and we responded and so uh, it's, a, it's a blessing to be back and to share some thoughts with you this morning and this morning I want us to look in Luke chapter 9 and specifically at verses 57, 7 through 63 and I want us to think this morning about excuses. I want to encourage you To live a life free of excuses. Not to use any excuses in your life. We are the masters at making excuses. We really are. We do it all the time, we've got all kinds of excuses. Somehow we've convinced ourselves that we're going to get a pass from God. When he looks at our life because of the excuses we have. When the Lord looks at what we've done, what we should have done, what we could have done, what we intended to do, what he wanted us to do, we think that the excuses we offer are going to get us a pass. And the point I want to make this morning is that there's not a single, listen to this, there's not a single excuse, not one, that God is going to accept. Not a single excuse. There are no excuses that he is going to accept. And I want us to look at this story in the life of Jesus because I think this story very clearly shows that excuses are unacceptable to Jesus. They're unacceptable. Now, this story takes place really at the height of the fame of Jesus, he's at the height of his popularity. This nation has fallen in love with this man Jesus. The people have. The rulers haven't, but the people have. The people love him. They want to see him. They love him because they think he's going to be their king and that he's going to drive out the Romans who are oppressing them and suppressing them and abusing them. They think that this is the great king, that he's the great king that the Old Testament talked about. They've seen him do countless miracles. They've seen him... Heal the blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb, the ill, the deformed. They've seen him literally raise the dead. They've watched him. as He took a few loaves of bread and a few fishes and he fed 5,000 men plus women and children with just that meager beginning. The result was... That everywhere Jesus went, he was drawing a large crowd. People were turning out in droves just to see him. They wanted to to see him, and they wanted to see what he was going to do. And when this story takes place, something has changed in Jesus. Something has changed. He's no longer going from village to village to village, healing, doing good, teaching and preaching. Luke says that he has set his face like Flint. He's resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. And you know he's going to Jerusalem to die. He's going to Jerusalem to the cross. But the people think he's going to Jerusalem so that he can become their king. That's their belief. That's their expectation. And when he gets to Jerusalem, the people are going to turn out in mass, and they'll be yelling, screaming. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. For three years, they've been watching him, and they know it's time. It's time. There's an expectation in this nation that Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem to become king. And that's what they wanted. And it's in the midst of this excitement, it's in the midst of this expectation that this story takes place. And this story begins with Jesus walking down a road. He's walking down a road, and as he's walking, this crowd has gathered to watch him go by. And someone in the crowd yells out, "I will follow you wherever you go." Well, Jesus doesn't hesitate, He doesn't slow down, doesn't stop. He just looks at that man in passing, and he said, "Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And Jesus walks on down the road. He leaves that man standing right where he stood. A little while later, Jesus is walking along and he catches the eye of a man in the crowd, another man. He looks at that man and he says to him, follow me. Well, that man knows that Jesus is talking to him. You always know when Jesus is talking to you. You always do. And he says to Jesus, Permit me first to go and bury my father. Again, Jesus doesn't hesitate. Jesus doesn't stop. He doesn't even seem to slow down. He just immediately says, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And Jesus walked on down the road. And he left that man standing right where he stood. A short time later, another man in the crowd says, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to go and say goodbye to those at home. Again, Jesus doesn't hesitate. He doesn't stop. He doesn't even seem to slow down. He just looks at that man in passing. He said, No one, having put his hand to the plow, And looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And again, Jesus walked on down the road. He left that man standing right where he stood. I wonder how many times someone came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And I wonder how many times Jesus walked on down the road alone. I wonder how many times Jesus said to someone, follow me. And I wonder how many times Jesus walked on down the road alone. You know, all these men had a desire to follow Jesus. All of these men knew that He was worthy of following. But you know what? None of them followed. Not one. It would appear from this story that not, not one of those men even took a step towards following Jesus. They took many steps to come and see him, but not one of them took a step, not one step to follow him. They might have walked for miles just to see him, but not one of them took a step to follow. One of the things this story very clearly shows is that Jesus isn't satisfied with onlookers. He's not satisfied with bystanders. He's not satisfied with curiosity seekers. He's not satisfied with gawkers. He's not satisfied with spectators. He's not satisfied with people who just want to watch him like he's some kind of prize bull. He wants people who are committed to him. He wants people who will follow him And do the hard thing. Jesus is about to do the hard thing. He's headed to Jerusalem to the cross. That's the hard thing. He wants followers who will follow him as Lord. And do the hard thing of going to the cross. That's what Jesus calls them to do. Calls us to do. Come and die. Those are the kind of followers he wants. Each of these men had reasons for not following each of the reasons was was different and each of them used those reasons as their excuse for not following think about that first man Jesus put him off by the fact that he has no place to lay his head he had no place to lay his head This man apparently wanted something a little more secure than following someone who had no place to lay his head. This man apparently wanted something a little more comfortable than following someone who had no place to lay his head. This man wanted something a little more certain than following a man who had no place to lay his head. Jesus knew what was in that man's heart. Jesus knew what well, would we keep that man from following him. And that's why Jesus tells him he has no place to lay his head. That man has is attached to something in his life. We're not told what. He's attached to something. Maybe he's just built him a new house. It's his dream house. And maybe that's what's keeping him. Whatever it was, you know for certain... That he loved it. You know he loved it, whatever it was, because that's what he hung on to instead of hanging on to Jesus. Whatever it was, he had to leave it behind if he was going to follow Jesus. Listen, you can't hang on to stuff and follow Jesus at the same time. Jesus did not give that man that option. He didn't give him the option of hanging on to something in this world and following him. The reason that we're not told what this man is hanging on to is because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're trying to hang on to. You can't hang on to it and follow Jesus at the same time. can't hang on to anything in this world and be a true follower of Jesus. Jesus is not hanging on to anything in this world. He's about to sacrifice everything in obedience to God. If he can't hang on to anything in this world, then we can't hang on to anything in this world as a follower of his. Think about that second man. Jesus put him off by telling him to let the dead bury their own dead. Now this man's excuse sounds a whole lot more noble than the first doesn't it permit me first to go and bury my father I mean that is the duty of a son that's his duty the law says to honor your father the excuse this man makes sounds righteous it sounds pious it sounds holy He must have thought that that excuse would certainly get him a pass with Jesus. He must have thought that this excuse will silence Jesus. But do you see what this man was doing? He was taking something honorable, something noble, even righteous in the sight of the law, and he was using it as an excuse to disobey the voice of the Lord. When Jesus said, follow me, it wasn't a request. It was a command. In the Greek, it's an imperative, meaning it's a command. This man took something good, honorable, righteous, and he used it to justify his disobedience. He used it to justify saying no to Jesus. He used, he used it to justify rejecting Jesus. He took a good obligation and he elevated that above Jesus. That's why you cannot let your obligations in this life have a higher priority than Jesus. They cannot take priority over him. Your job is not your priority. Jesus is. Your family is not your priority. Jesus is none of your responsibilities are your priority Jesus is if you make Jesus your priority listen he's gonna take care of everything else he's not gonna lead you to violate God's law he's gonna fulfill the law that's what he came to do he came to fulfill the law in us that's why he is the priority this third man Jesus put him off by saying, you can't follow me and look back at the same time. This man was using all his other relationships that he had in his life as his excuse for not following Jesus. I don't know if it was his family that he's thinking about, but if it was, he uses them as an excuse could have been his friends that he was thinking about if it was he used them as an excuse it could have been his wife maybe he just got engaged wanted to go say goodbye to his fiance. whatever it was he used it as an excuse for not following Jesus he wanted Jesus to wait right there while he went home Said his goodbyes and came back. He was using something in his life, some relationship in his life, as his excuse for saying no to Jesus or rejecting Jesus. He was willing, maybe, to follow Jesus as long as Jesus would let him follow him on his own terms. He was not willing to follow on the terms that Jesus said. So he used these relationships, these earthly relationships, as an excuse for rejecting his relationship with Christ. He didn't love Jesus. And the reason you know he didn't love Jesus is he let Jesus walk away. He let him walk away. He thought that by telling Jesus, well, I love you, Jesus, but I also love my family, that that would excuse him that would pass him but what jesus heard was i don't really love you enough to leave the rest that i love behind all jesus heard was i'd rather have a relationship with my family than with you he used his family and his friends as an excuse to reject jesus all of these men used excuses to reject following jesus one used some earthly thing as an excuse. One used some earthly responsibility as an excuse. One used some earthly relationship as an excuse. But all three refused to follow. And Jesus left all three standing right where they stood. None of these men followed Jesus because there was something else that was more important to him. There was something else that they loved more than they loved Jesus. And you know without a doubt that they loved something else because they stuck with what they loved. If they had loved Jesus, they would have stayed with him. But they stuck with what they loved. Jesus had no problem seeing clearly who or what they loved. Their love for something else was so strong that it made their love for Jesus look like hatred because they left him. Never saw him again. Listen, our love for Jesus ought to be so intense that our love for anything else in this life looks like hatred. Another important truth that you can see in this story is that Jesus always knows what we love. He sees it. There's no doubt in his mind. He knows if we love him more than anything else, He knows because if we do, we'll follow him. If we don't love him more than anything else, we'll stay with what we love. If you love him the most, you'll stay with him. These three men had excuses. You know what? The same is true with every single one of us. Every one of us has excuses. Excuses. Nobody here today does not have an excuse. You all have excuses for not following Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, you'll have an excuse. Listen, every follower of Jesus began with an excuse. Every follower of Jesus begins with an excuse. There are no followers of Jesus who did not have an excuse for not following. But let me tell you something else. There are no followers of Jesus who did not set aside their excuse and follow Him. Every follower of Jesus has set aside excuses and followed in obedience. Every follower of Jesus, without exception. Several years ago, I was in Mombasa in Kenya, East Africa. It was 27 years ago. I was there doing evangelism. I met a young man at a ferry boat crossing in the bay there at Mombasa. And I was talking to him about following Christ, becoming a follower of Christ. And I was telling him what the Lord wanted to do in his life, that the Lord wanted to make him into a new creature, that the Lord wanted to make him right with God and righteous before God. He wanted to take his sin away and deliver him from his sin. And this young man asked me a very interesting question. In fact, no one has ever asked this question to me in the 27 years since then. It's the only time I've ever heard this question. He said, if I give my life to Jesus, does that mean I have to quit sleeping with my girlfriend? Isn't that an interesting question? You know, I like that question, actually. You know why I like that question? because he was being honest with me he wasn't hiding something he was being honest that was refreshing it's so hard to find people who are honest well of course I told him if you come to Christ that means you have to repent of your sin your sin is an affront to a holy God and the immorality that you're involved in right now is an affront to him. God saves those who repent of the sin in their life. If you're not going to repent, he can't save you. You know, that young man walked away from Jesus that day, that night. He walked away because there was something he loved more than he was willing to love Jesus. There's another man that I know here in South Carolina. He's the pastor of a church in the association that I'm involved in. When that man was in high school, they made him take a speech class. Do you remember speech classes in high school? I hated it. That's where you get up in front of people and give a talk, a speech, in front of people. Well, his teacher, the teacher of this class that he was taking, did not require this man to give a speech for the entire semester in a speech class she didn't require him to give it one speech you know why every time he stood in front of people to talk he would pass out that's interesting isn't it one day Jesus called this man to become a preacher now that's funny you should have laughed right there That's that's ironic, isn't it? God would call a man to preach who passed out every time he stood up in front of people to preach or to talk. But you know what he did? He took that excuse, which in my mind is a great excuse, a legitimate excuse if I've ever heard one. He took that excuse and he set it aside and he followed Jesus. You know what he's doing this morning? The same thing I'm doing he's preaching in his church why is he preaching in the church because he was obedient to follow Jesus and he set his excuse aside he set it aside both of these men these young men had good had excuses to follow Jesus one had a, a admittedly a very sorry excuse of sleeping with his girlfriend that's a sorry excuse for not following Jesus But the other one had a legitimate excuse. But the one with the legitimate excuse refused to let that legitimate excuse keep him from following Christ. The first of these three men that we're looking at this morning hung on to something in this life, some earthly thing. The second one hung on to some earthly priority. The third one hung on to some earthly relationship. None of them followed. None of them were willing to set aside their excuse and follow. I want to show you something that that third man said that you need to see this morning. He said something different than the first two. The first two omit this, but the third one doesn't. Look at what he said again. He said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to go and say goodbye to those at home. He called Jesus, Lord. And rightly so, because Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. You can't make Him Lord. He is Lord. He is the highest of the high. He is above all and over all. He spoke the world into existence with the power of His Word. The wind and the waves obeyed His voice. The dead stepped out of their tomb at the sound of His voice. The demons fled from His presence. He's seated on the highest throne of heaven. The angels and the creatures in heaven are constantly saying what Steve White read just a minute ago. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. In Revelation chapter 20, John sees this world we live on and the universe we live in fleeing from the presence of Jesus. Because He is Lord. That third man called him Lord, rightly so. And as Lord, Jesus had the right to call that man to follow him. He had the right to expect that man to obey his voice and set aside everything that hindered him from being obedient and following. When Jesus called, he wasn't asking that man to follow, he never asked you to follow. Like we said a while ago, follow me is a command. He doesn't call as someone who wants to be Lord, he calls as someone who is Lord. The reason Jesus didn't wait on that man to go home and say goodbye is because he is Lord. That man is not. Jesus doesn't bow down to him, we bow down to Jesus. Why did Jesus walk on by? Because he's Lord. That man called him Lord and Jesus expected him to obey. How many times have you called Jesus Lord? And how many times have you obeyed him as Lord? How many times do you read in his word what he's commanded us to do and walk away and not do it? What are you doing? Are you following Are you rejecting Him for some reason? Jesus is not impressed with the titles that we give Him with our mouth. He's impressed with the title that we give Him with our life and what we do in this life. There was a point in the ministry of Jesus where He turned to this crowd that was following Him everywhere And he said to him, why do you call me Lord, Lord and do not do what I say? That man didn't please Jesus by calling him Lord and then walking away. The one that pleases Jesus is the one that hears his call, drops everything, all of their excuses and follows. Those are the ones that are pleasing to him today. You know, Jesus didn't call these men at a at a convenient time it was inconvenient when he called they weren't ready they weren't prepared to go they didn't come so that they could leave everything that day when he called they didn't respond because he called at an inconvenient time he caught them off guard but you know what jesus was giving them an opportunity to prove that they would follow him no matter what. Unfortunately, they proved otherwise. As far as we know, these men never followed, they never had another opportunity. The time to respond to his call is when you hear his voice. There's not another time to respond, it's now. There were obviously a lot of people there that day along the side of the road. But you know what? Jesus didn't call the crowd to follow him. I don't think Jesus cares about the crowd. He didn't care what the crowd does. He called only three that day. He didn't call the crowd. He called out individuals in the crowd. He isn't concerned with what the crowd does. He is concerned with what you do when he calls you. He calls you to drop your excuses and to step out of the crowd. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to step out of the crowd. There is no other way, I'm telling you. If there is, I haven't discovered it. You have to step out of the crowd to make him Lord. Lord. To walk with him, to follow him. Jesus is calling us to step out of the crowd, just like he called those three men to step out of the crowd. But they stayed in the crowd. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay in the crowd? Are you going to step out and follow? Are you going to be like those men? And not take a single step towards Jesus. Following Jesus is not a matter of convenience. It's a matter of your will. You decide whether or not you will follow Jesus. Are you willing this morning to step out and follow? Are you going to love him more than anything else in this life? I know a lot of you are older in this service. The older I get, the more excuses I can come up with. There's always going to be excuses. You're never, never.' going to get to a time in your life where you don't have any, where you have no excuse for following Jesus. You cannot assume that there's going to be another chance. You can't assume that. Jesus left him standing beside the road and he never came back. Are you going to let Jesus leave you standing where you stand right now? Standing by the side of the road? Or will you step out this morning and follow him? There's going to be some pastors here. I don't think there's any of us here this morning that haven't been called. He's calling to us right now. He's calling to every one of us right now. And he wants us to step out. Let's pray together.